Yeah, I don't know anybody that's lived forever. <laughs> there might be somebody, but I don't know them. That's right. Welcome to Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at Mach1FG.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, and we're on episode 79. Wow, David, it's amazing. 79 know, 79 already. already. It's yeah. gone by in a flash, and, but, but I've enjoyed it. We've got a topic today that's timely for the holidays, and as families get together and People gather, you know, we've been through COVID year last year. Um, we want to have the talk. And when we say the talk, we're talking about as parents, you want to have the talk with your children about your plans, your end of life plans. And if you're a child of a living parent that you have no idea what their plans are, well, you need to have the talk with them too. So you know that they have a plan. And we're going to look at both sides of that coin today and how we can approach that. David, you all set for this? You bet. You got yes, your seatbelt buckled? Yeah. All right, here Can't we go. Can't wait. So, statistics. Let's do some, some statistics. It's real easy for me to say. <laughs> so, David, how many people have a, a will? Well, the, you know, the like you were saying, Mike, everybody pretty much agrees that this is an important topic. They know that, you know, we all – know that we're not going to last forever. Um, in fact, 70% of Americans over age 50 believe that a will is an important document. They know that they need to have one. However, according to a recent study by, I think it was Ed Jones, only 19% uh, of families have the essential documents that they need to have for end-of-life planning. So three-quarters of people over 50 know they're supposed to have a will or end-of-life information. But only 19% of those people have it. Right. So we know better. We're just not doing it. Yeah. Well, this podcast will help encourage people to actually get out there and get it done. All right. Uh, any other stats you want to share with us? Well, I've mentioned, um, you know, the three essential end-of-life documents just to just to kind of give you a little more color on what those three essential end-of-life documents are for everybody. And this is, this is for everybody, regardless of your net worth or station in life. You need a will healthcare directives, and uh, durable powers of attorney. And perhaps we can talk about more of, of what those are uh, throughout this podcast. But those are the three documents that everybody needs. And uh, so, as, as you said, Mike, as everybody's starting to gather for the holidays, if you haven't already discussed with this with your family, if you don't already have these three essential documents yourself, now is a great time to start you know, planning to put those things in place. And disclaimer, we're not attorneys. Right. Uh, but but a will or a trust just says, this is what I want to happen with my 
estate, my assets after I'm gone. So you're telling someone this is what we want. And if you don't do that and you pass away without a will or a trust, it's called dying intestate, meaning some crazy judge, excuse me, some mm-hmm. judge is going to decide what happens with your stuff. That's right. With no input from you. So you don't and, want that. To and it goes through a probate process to get to get there, which can be lengthy. The lengthy being at least a and year costly. or more. And can be costly too. And costly. So so do the the upfront work, save your family time and grief to get a will or a trust. Now the health care directive, what's that? It's just basically ad- advanced directives is what they're sometimes called. Uh, just basically saying, here's here's what I want to be done in the event that I'm incapacitated. Do I want all uh, potential life-saving measures to be applied to me? Do I want you to leave me on the, do I want you to leave me on life support forever? Or is there at some point where I want you to pull the plug, you know, essentially? Again, you're deciding now in advance what you want done in the future if this were to occur. Right. Go ahead and make him plans. We talk about having plans here all the time. All right, so that. So and it, and it, sorry, just a, a little more color on that. That takes a lot of the burden off the family. It takes Amen. all the burden off the family, right? Because you might have siblings who are in disagreement whether mom or dad should be left on life support if they're in a vegetative state. One, you know, in that emotionally difficult situation might want the parent left on. The other one might think that it's in the parent's best interest to be removed from life support. And without that advanced health care directives, that can, that can be emotionally taxing on those children left behind. I, if you create those advanced directives, it takes that burden off of them. I can give you a personal example. My mother had a heart attack, went through surgery, came out of it, and had some complications afterwards. And so she was on life support, and we're all standing around the bed. She did not have a health care directive. The doctor's telling us there's nothing more that we can do. And so we all agreed as a family, okay. And so that, that is a tough decision to make. The good news is, is as the nurse was getting ready to turn it off, she flatlined. So we did not actually unplug her. Nature took its course, and that makes us feel better today. Yeah. But don't put your family in that situation. Just go ahead and do it now. Be done with it. Planning. Okay, Healthcare directive, a will or trust for your state, and then this thing called a durable power of attorney. I had this discussion with a client last week. So what is a power of attorney? just basically gives your powers that you can legally do things like um, uh, the ability to uh, make real estate transactions, banking transactions, financial transactions, etc. It gives those type of powers that you could do on your own to someone else in the event of your incapacity. Uh, or sometimes it doesn't even have to be in the event of your incapacity. As a quick example, we uh, went to Italy last month to see our daughter studying abroad over there, and we're in the middle of a, a potential real estate transaction. So we gave, we created a power of attorney that was specifically carved out only real estate transactions and gave that to our chief financial officer so that she could act on our behalf while we were gone. That's an example of what a power of attorney can do for you. It gives those legal powers to someone that you thoroughly you know, and completely trust to do what is in your best interest in the event of your absence or incapacity. I've heard an attorney put it this way. It gives someone else the rights to do what you are able to do. So if you can sign a check, they can sign a check. Right. If you can sell a piece of property, they can sell a piece of property. Now, power of attorney ceases upon death. Yes. This client last week was still doing using the power of attorney for their deceased spouse, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is like, okay, that's that's not the law. That's so not, yeah. if you can do it, whoever you give power of attorney, they can do it. 
So if you're dead, you can't do it. Therefore, they can't do it. And the reason that's important, obviously, especially as as you're, you know, if you're a child talking to your parents or if you're the parent, you know, just realizing that as we age, uh, things can happen. And it, you don't want to get in, get in a situation where your mental faculties have declined to the point where you're no longer able to make decisions on your uh, for yourself. You want to be able to make sure that someone has that power to act on your behalf with your best interest at heart if you should become incapacitated. And, and these aren't hard to do. You go right. to an attorney. You don't have to get this huge, big thing. Yeah. Go to a regular attorney. Just tell them this is what you want to get done and get it done. That, and if they don't do all three, that's the wrong type of attorney. You want to make sure you get all three. You want to get the will or trust, health care directive, and the durable power of attorney. Okay. So those things you need to have. Now that you've got them, here we are at the holidays. Families are coming in to visit. All right, let's take the child, okay? The child doesn't know if mom and dad have anything set up. How in the world can they make that discussion, get yeah. that started without looking like they're like money grabbers or something? Yeah, that can that can be awkward for some people, especially for, um, you know, different, different people, different family situations for various reasons. That can be an awkward conversation. Um, so you could... You could start with, um, you know, if you have, if there's some story playing on the news or some recent article that you've got that talks about uh, end of life decisions, you could use that as a segue to to bring up the topic. Or, for example, if you if you know a friend that just recently went through this, um, that had an aging parent that perhaps um, you know did not have a power of attorney or did not have will or some of these advanced directives that we've talked about set up and and the difficulties that that created for the for the family members, that can be a way to introduce the topic. Yeah, anything like that that you can do it indirectly. You just want to come out and say, "Hey, mom, dad, you got stuff set up." They may take that a little bit wrong, but yeah. you can say, "Hey, you know the guy I work with, his parents, one of the parents passed away, and they had nothing set up, and all these things, all these problems came up." Because if you just do a little bit of planning, it can prevent a lot of problems down the road. So. You do that and just say, hey, Mom, Dad, I just wondered, have y'all got anything set up? Yeah. And then Mom and Dad, if they have, they should be willing to talk to you about it. If they haven't, you may spur them on to get it done. Uh, you just have to approach it kind of indirectly if you're the child. You agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it is the most important thing is that it should be addressed, even though it, it may be a topic that not a lot of people uh, get excited about dealing with it, it's a necessary topic because the unfortunate fact of life is that all of us are you know life doesn't life doesn't last forever all of us have a date with death out there in the future and so it is important that we that we plan for those events that we are that are guaranteed to happen yeah I don't know anybody that's lived forever <laughs> there might be somebody but I don't know them that's right. so that means probably we're not going to live forever either so we might as well go ahead and plan for it that's right. I mean it seems like every podcast we talk about planning 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 okay okay so now you're the parent okay we talked about how the child if you're the child you kind of approach it indirectly and you want to make sure mom and dad have you know their their health care directive their will or trust and durable power of attorney now if you're one of the children of a parent, don't ask them how much they have. Don't <laughs> ask them what you're going to get. You, you might not like the answer. Yeah, that's right. You just want to know that they've got things set up. And if they're real reluctant to talk about it, that's probably a good indicator they do not. So just bring it up. If they don't want to talk about it, let it go. At least they know you're thinking about it. Okay, now you're the parent. 
and you're all set. You've got all your stuff done, and you want to talk to your children about it. How do you bring it up? I'll answer that. Because <laughs> we just had this conversation last year at our family. So you just want to sit them down and say, look, something's when mom and dad are gone, we have everything planned out. And, and, and we, my wife and I, have something we call a love drawer. Okay? Get your mind out of the gutter. It's a love <laughs> drawer. It's where you put all your important paperwork in one spot. Things that would be in there is like your financial inventory list. You know, what assets do you have? You don't have to tell them what you have, but it's in one spot. Is something you both get killed in a car accident or plane crash or something. They know where to go. All right, so it's got your financial stuff. Got your will and your trust in there. Your health care director, power of attorney like we talked about. How about insurance policies? Well, you list them out. You put the policy numbers. You put a phone number where they can contact them. You know, David, you know this. Listeners may not know this. If you have a life insurance policy and you die, you don't get the money until you turn That's some right. stuff in. You, you got to turn some claim. paperwork in. Yeah. So, so you got to know that that thing exists. If nobody knows you have a life insurance policy and, and you croak, there's no money coming. That's Somebody's right. going to sit on that cash. So make a list. Make sure you have all the information there. And funeral plans. You don't have to prepay. But I highly recommend you go to a funeral home if you're choosing. Go in there. Pick out your casket or your urn, whatever it is you want to do. Pick out your order of service. It costs you nothing, but at least you have a plan. And then if something happens, the kids don't have to worry about, well, what do we do? What did mom want? One dad want? Uh, another example, my mom, two hours after she passed away, we were in the, nurse, in the funeral home, excuse me, picking out her casket. That is the worst time to be making those financial decisions. And, at, and what yeah. really <laughs> cooked our goose was the same year my father-in-law passed away, and he had everything planned out. His funeral was almost identical to my mother's, and it cost half as much. Wow. So pre-planning will save you a lot of money. And by the way, in the state of Arkansas, the law says when you walk into a funeral home, they are required to give you a price list. They have to give you a price list so they don't have to that upselling piece is not there. Okay. Yeah. How about listing out your doctors and how to get in touch with them or your, your pharmacies and the prescriptions you're taking? Put all that in a love drawer. Anything that they would need, put it in one place. It'll take you two or three hours to put all this together. And then tell them, hey, when something happens, go look in the dresser drawer on the second drawer. It's a pink envelope, pink folder. There it is. All the information is right there. You don't have to talk numbers, and I personally don't recommend you talk numbers because they may want to knock you off sooner if you tell them too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as a parent, you just want to bring it up and say, hey, let's talk. Now, children may be like, Mom, I don't want to hear all that. They really do want to hear it because it gives them a sense of peace when it's all said and done. You know what? You know, I don't know what they got, but I know they're all set up, so when something happens, it is not going to be this crazy madhouse dash. we got to figure everything out. They've already got that handled. And, again, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, and my dad passed away a couple of years ago. Everything was done. You just show up to the funeral, and it makes it so much better on the family. Yeah. Uh, you, want to make sure that you, you want to make sure that you've had the bottom line is what we've been talking about throughout this podcast. You want to make sure that you've had all these discussions ahead of time because it'll it'll just make things so much easier on the family. Um, 
on that note, speaking of, you know, having these discussions ahead of time uh, to try to smooth things out for the future, long-term care uh, planning is another one of those things that you need to plan for, especially if you're the, if you're the parent, that can be something that can be difficult to, that's probably a difficult to near impossible discussion, I think, for the child to have with the parent. But, um, but it's something that the parent should be thinking about the ideal. What's the ideal time for someone to be thinking about long-term care planning, Mike? I believe it in, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, it's between ages 55 and 60 is a great time to really nail that down. Now, if you have extenuating circumstances in your family where people don't live that long, or there's a, a history of family members needing long-term care, then you might want to do a little bit sooner. But there's not many statistics say you're not likely to go into a nursing home before age 60. After age 60, your chances of going to a nursing home go up exponentially. So somewhere between 55 and 60, you should have that kind of discussion and look at your assets. So there, there's several things you can do to offset that cost, but at least you need to be thinking about it by That's that right. time. And not everybody needs long-term care, right? I mean, some the primary purpose of long-term care is it's really an asset preservation tool Correct. at its core. It's a way to make sure that your kids are going to inherit more of your money rather than an a nursing home inheriting it. So if you don't have very much assets to begin with, you may not you may not have the income uh, to be able to afford the long-term care premiums, or you may not have the assets, uh, a large enough asset um, size to make it worthwhile to purchase the long-term care. Um, and if you do have a large amount of assets, but you're not physically able to qualify for long-term care yeah. insurance, yeah. there are other legal ways to protect your assets, but you need to do it soon enough That's to right. get the Medicare Medicaid five-year look-back rule, and we deal with some elder care attorneys that can help you with that. The key is, like we've been saying, plan. Got to have a plan. That four-letter word, you got to have a plan. Got to have a plan. Okay, so folks, what we've been talking about today, as you get together for the holidays, this is not meant to be a Debbie Downer, but this is planning. Let your family know that things are put together, and if they're not, you make plans now, set a date for 2022 to get your house in order and get your plans done. And then next holiday, you get them all together and you share the plans. Again, I wouldn't necessarily share the numbers, but I'd share the plans. And so uh, each podcast, we like to end it with a thought of the day. Discussion is always better than argument because argument is to find out who is right. Discussion is to find out what is right. We want all of you to have these discussions over the holidays so everybody's prepared because sooner or later, we're all going to leave this world. We just don't know when. And if COVID has taught us anything, anything can happen. That's right. That's it for today's Mach 1 Market Moment. We look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 
and does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit Mach1Financial.com slash disclosures.